The land is my lord, is my wife. I would not know what to do if I lose my land. My land, 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 Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tavir. Girdelette. Chocula Jai. Food. Welcome to the Slow Food Youth Network Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Slow Food Youth Network Podcast. I'm Valentina Gritti, the podcast host, and I'm the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. This series of the podcast is organized for Terra Madre 2020. It's the biggest event that the Slow Food Movement organizes every two years, and it involves food, communities and activists from all over the world. This edition, of course due to the global pandemic, will have a big digital part. You can find the whole program on the website www.terramadresalonedelgusto.com. I will add the link to the podcast description. In the podcast episode dedicated to forest peoples and land rights, I promised you another episode about land grabbing, and there it is! Today we have the pleasure of listening to the Italian journalist and writer Stefano Liberti. You may have heard about the movie Soyalism, about modern agribusiness and the nonsense of the current international agri-food trade. Well, that awesome documentary was based on one of Stefano's books, I Signore del Cibo in Italian, and Stefano was actually also the director of the movie. But today we are going to talk about the research he has carried out for another of his books entitled Land Grabbing, and of course it's about land grabbing. The book came out in 2011, it was a success and it has been translated in different languages. Since then Stefano has kept investigating the matter and in this episode he will give us also some latest updates and some positive examples of countries, or better citizens, that managed to fight against land grabbing and they managed to see their land rights recognized. But let's start from the very beginning. What is land grabbing? Stefano Liberti. Land grabbing is a new phenomenon that has started roughly in 2008-2009 with the acquisition of large tracts of land by transnational corporations, investment funds, sovereign funds in the southern hemisphere, especially in uh, uh, sub-Southern Africa and Southeast Asia. Those investments, encouraged by national governments, and also by some international institutions such as the World Bank are linked to a model that is keen to promote a new green revolution in the southern hemisphere such as the one that has been launched in in the 1960s such a revolution is based on monocultural productions hybrids and GMO seeds and the large use of chemicals. Rather than enhancing the productivity of small-scale producers, which are responsible for the food sovereignty of the targeted countries, this movement is set to impose a development model similar to the one that has been implemented in South America, in South America, especially in Brazil, from the 17s onwards. This model is based on the production of commodities, 
for the world market and does not take into account neither the needs of the local populations nor the livelihoods of millions of small-scale producers who are usually evicted from their ancestral land or turned into daily farm workers for the transnational groups. That happens because in the targeted countries, especially in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, the land is public, it belongs to the governments, and the local communities have used the land for centuries following a customary right. They don't own the land, but they have the right to use the land. This right has been cancelled because the governments, which are the former owner of the, of the land, have decided to leave this track of land to foreign companies and to promote a new um, development model. If we analyze the leasing contract, the leasing agreements, those are not very favorable to the countries. We have a leasing contract that keeps the land for 20 to 25, even 30 years for $1 per hectare per year. Because the idea behind this is that only transnational corporation can um, implement a real development. At the contrary, as it has been clearly shown in South America, this model leads to relevant environmental problems such as deforestation, soil degradation, pesticide and genetic contamination. This land grab process is part of a more general agribusiness expansion and construction across Africa and Southeast Asia, where big seeds chemical groups, more and more concentrated at the global level, are acquiring a monopoly position. I have to say that when I started my research on land grabbing, I wrote a book in 2011 and I started researching on this phenomena in, at the very beginning, between 2008 and 2009, traveling across the world. Uh, since then, the situation has changed very, um, has very much changed. Uh, when I started my researches, the public opinion in uh, Africa were not, was not very informed and was not, was not very interested in land grabbing. The, um, the agreements were not public and were not made public and no one was asked for uh, further information. In the last years, everything has changed because in some countries, public opinion and farmer organization have put in place resistance, demonstrations against the deals and against the transnational companies, and have managed to reverse some of these uh, deals because they managed, because they uh, had the opportunity to see what the results of those deals where in different cases in Kenya, in Uganda, and in other African countries, these deals resulted in the evictions of local communities that were not able anymore to use their lands, or the transformation of these local communities into cheap workforce for these transnational companies. A variety of demonstrations have been put in place in different countries, and 
some of these deals have been cancelled. This was the case in Senegal of a deal struck between the national government and an Italian company that have been um, cancelled after a big wave of demonstrations both in the area targeted by the deal and in the capital, Dakar. And then it was more importantly the case of the Pro-Savannah agreement in Mozambique that was the biggest land grab uh, investment so far in Sub-Saharan Africa. The Pro-Savannah was uh, launched in 2009 as a project to turn the, a huge 14 million hectares area in northern Mozambique, in the so-called Nakala Corridor, turn this area into a huge soybean monoculture. In this area, there are 4.5 million farmers living on the land and exploiting the land. And those, farm, those farmers were not consulted. And the Prusavana was launched in 2009 without consulting anyone. It was launched with the support of, the Brazilian, techno of Brazilian technology and the founding of the Japanese International Cooperation Agency, JICA. The project was negotiated behind closed doors by the central government and its partners without any consultation with the concerned communities. And the small-scale producers living in the area, as well as the public opinion in Mozambique, have become aware of the project only in 2012, three years after its launching from reports in the international press. Some NGOs and farmers' organizations have built up at that time a no to pro savanna campaign that has succeeded in raising awareness within the Mozambique civil society and in temporarily discontinuing the project. It was quite amazing that a small group of farmers launched a campaign that became international and finally convinced the Japanese funders of withdrawing and forced the government to cancel the project. In August 2020, the Maputo government, the Mozambique government, officially said, after some year of discontinuing the process, officially, officially said that the project was cancelled and the Pro Savannah was not to be implemented. I happened to visit the, the area in 2018 and to talk to the both with the Mozambique civil society and with the farmer farmer organization that were very much active in the area against this um, deal. And I remember that all the people I happened to talk, they were forced, were fiercely defending their land. One of the witnesses told me. The land is my lord, it is my wife. I would not know what to do if I lose my land. All the witnesses showed me very clearly that they were convinced to keep on fighting to keep their land. And they managed to keep their land. They won their fight. And this is a very special case that has to be enlightened and has to be told to the world in order to be an example for other fights from civil society and from other farmer organizations.
Thank you so much, Stefano, for your intervention. It was definitely very clear and it gave us some hope to know that there have been some real cases in which the people successfully stood up for their rights. Guys, if you're interested in this topic, I definitely recommend reading Stefano's book, Land Grabbing. Also, in case you have any questions, you can write to the Slow Food Youth Network. You can find us on all social media and we will be happy to get back to you. Remember to visit the website of Terra Madre Salone del Gusto to watch super interesting debates, food talks, forums and other digital events connected to our global food system. And see you in the next episode!